Well, we're back again, and we've got a, some more on the chart with us as far as damn deceptions. Remember we talked about, is it easy to be deceived? Yeah, it is easy to be deceived. Somebody can tell you one thing, but it really isn't the truth, and they can lie to you. Uh, have you ever been lied to? Yeah, you have. <laughs> what we want to try to do with these podcasts is to bring truth, not lies. And this next installment, we're going to take a look at, does it make a difference what we believe? It sure does make a difference what we believe. It makes a difference what you do and, and I do. I've got Dennis Knotts back with us here, and he's going to be sharing this. Again, Dennis, thank you so much for being with us, and thank you for these teachings. Thank you, Pastor X. If we're dealing with religion and religious people, people have a lot of different opinions and beliefs. Now, if it was just a matter of opinion, then we're all free to believe whatever we want. I have no right to question or challenge your beliefs. But the reality is that we're not talking about a religious system. I'm going to point out that we are actually talking about a legal system. And you may have a certain set of beliefs, but when you come up against the law, what you believe no longer matters. You may believe that you can drive your car at 80 miles an hour wherever you want. Now, in a religious system, you can do that. Well, that's what I believe, and that's what I can do. But we are living in a legal system that is controlled by law. It doesn't matter what you may believe. It matters what the law says. When dealing with God, He is our final judge. And as a judge, He must work through a set of laws. God gave these laws to Moses as a summary, and this is what he is going to use when it comes time to judge us. If you look at these laws, no one can keep all of them. Unfortunately, keeping just some of them does not keep us from standing before God and being judged. If we stand before God and we're judged by God, this law will dictate what God must do. God must obey the law the same as we do. When we stand before a court of law, there is no mercy, there is no compassion, there is no grace. There is just the law, and it is controlled by logic. Did you break the law? Yes or no. Are you guilty? Yes or no. And the end result will be eternal punishment. But God is a God of love, and so God introduced a kind of plea bargain agreement to help us avoid standing before Him and to be judged. We plead guilty to Jesus, and He goes before God and He enters our plea of guilty. But instead of sentencing us and punishing us, God sentenced Jesus and punished Him. We are now protected by a concept called double jeopardy. If you've already been found guilty, and the sentence was handed down, and the punishment was given out, to make this plea bargain deal, God has created a contract that gives us this double jeopardy protection. He's offering to do this for us, and so he wrote down this contract. It has all the background information, all the examples, what we refer to as case laws and court decisions, and all the details. It's all in a book, and this book is what we call the Bible. The Bible is God's contract with His creation on how we can avoid standing before Him and being judged by Him. 
It's a contract of salvation, and so it's not a collection of beliefs. It has become a point of law. In a contract, it outlines the obligation of each party in what is being offered or provided. God is offering salvation as a way of avoiding standing before him and being judged. Now, under this contract, God has three obligations. First is that he will be born into the human race, he will become human, and he will be related to us by birth. He'll be a part of the human race. The second obligation is he will die on the cross as an offering for our sins. The third obligation is that he will come back from the dead in the same body he died in to prove God accepted his offering and the issue of sin is finally resolved. Now, our obligation under this contract is to accept the contract and enter into it of our own free will. God has taken care of everything else. We're talking about damn deceptions, and deception is Satan's greatest weapon, and he tries to deceive us. There are religious systems and organizations out there that they look and they sound wonderful. They have wonderful and beautiful people in them, but they are counterfeits of what God is offering. People believe that they are entering into God's contract, but the contract they are entering into is fake, and it's not being offered by God. In other words, it can't save you. It's like buying an insurance policy from a bogus insurance agent. He gives you papers that look like they come from a real insurance company. You've paid your premium. You think that you're insured. But then you have an accident. Ouch. And you discover the terrifying truth that you're not covered. You have been deceived. Now, move this over into the spiritual realm. You know that you need God in your life. You want God in your life, and it's your intention to accept God's offer and to enter into a contract with Him. But the contract is bogus. It's not even offered by God. It does not save you. You've been deceived, and the end result of this deception will damn you to hell. Satan has stolen your chance to be saved. You think you are, but you're not. And you will not know the truth until after you have died. Yes, it is that serious. You need to do your own research. You need to test what your pastor or church are saying and then compare it to the Bible. Now, as we mentioned in our previous podcast, you need to do this whether you're part of the Latter-day Saints, Jehovah Witnesses, the Catholic Church, the Baptist, Seventh-day Adventist, Unitarian, Methodist, Lutheran, or Calvary Chapel. We mentioned that even if you're not part of a Christian organization, you need to do this if you're Jewish, or if you're part of Scientology, or if you're part of the New Age movement, or even Wicca. Check out what they teach. Check out what you believe against the actual contract, which is the Bible. What do they say about God? What do they say about Jesus? What are they saying about the Holy Spirit? And what do they say about a plan of salvation? 
This is too serious of an issue to trust to somebody else. Find out for yourself. You may be deceived and not even know it. There are those who are deceived and they do not know that they are deceived. I spent 10 years of my life in this position. This deception is in the worst form. Someone is not just stealing your money. Somebody's not just stealing your identity. They're not trying to take away your possessions. They are stealing your chance to spend eternity with God in heaven. If you believe these damned deceptions, you will be damned. Yes, it's that important. It's not a matter of opinion. It is a point of law. Now, I mentioned that there is proof that we know the Bible is true. Let me just touch on this before we wrap up. All religious systems fall under two descriptions. There is the first description, which we call intuitive religions. Now, these are religious beliefs where you look around at the world and you use your intuition to try to figure out what you see and what this means about the perception of the universe and how it works. Now, the Hindus, the Buddhists, the Eastern mysticism religions, these are all based upon this process. Now, you might be close, very close to figuring it all out. You may have a good intuition, a good logic, but the reality is it's a guess at best. And many of the founders of these belief systems died claiming that they were still searching for the truth. Now, there's just one problem with this system. You do not know if you are wrong until you die. And if you are wrong, it's too late to make a change. There's a serious problem with the intuitive belief system. You're trying to know something that is impossible to know. Now, C.S. Lewis identified this problem in what he referred to as the Hamlet Shakespeare metaphor. He claimed that it was impossible for us to discover God the same way that it is impossible for Hamlet to discover his creator, Shakespeare. Hamlet existed on the page of a book. Shakespeare was a three-dimensional person. Therefore, Hamlet could never leave the page of the book he was printed on. He could not enter our world or ever meet Shakespeare. The same is true for God. He is outside of our universe, and we can't move outside of the universe. But after C.S. Lewis became a believer, he came back and revisited this problem. But he came at it from a different direction. Yes, it's impossible for Hamlet to leave the book and to find Shakespeare. But... What if Shakespeare wrote a new play with Hamlet? And in this new play, Shakespeare makes himself one of the characters in the play. This way, Hamlet and Shakespeare could finally meet. This is exactly what the second description of religious beliefs would involve. These are based upon revelation. God is revealing himself to his creation. God is taking the initiative God is making it possible for us to meet him. And this would involve the Jewish faith, the Christian faith, and the Islamic faith systems. Now, 
We are not trying to find God. God is revealing himself to us. Now, this creates a problem. How do you know that this is God who's revealing himself to us? There's more than one supernatural source out there. We start with the basic premise, which the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims all agree on. We agree that God is fair and that God is just. Now, let's follow that line of thinking. If God is fair and God is just, then he reveals himself to the first man and woman the same way that he would reveal himself to the last man and woman and to every man and woman in between. That's the basic definition of being fair and just. This means we can go back to the earliest revelation of God to man, and we can use that as a test for all future revelations. This creates two other pieces of information for us. God would not change, and God would never lie or misrepresent. To do either of these would make God unfair or unjust. He would be treating one group differently than the others. The oldest written revelation of God to man was done in the book of Job. We believe it was written about 400 years before Moses was born. Moses had as his proof that God was revealing things to him with about two to three million people standing by hearing God verbally deliver the Ten Commandments. You can check out Exodus chapter 20 to see that actually happened. With this information as our foundation, each of the books of the Old Testament were tested and conformed with what we knew of God. The same testing took place with the teachings of the New Testament. Now, Islam cannot make this claim. Some of their doctrines contradict what we know to be true of God. So we can feel safe trusting the Bible. We're no longer guessing. We can know for sure. This is just part of the proof that the Bible does come from God. And this is why we use the Bible to test whether a message is from God and is it really of God. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll come back next time. Oh, Dennis, this is really good. Uh, I love that part where you talked about that uh, God is revealing himself to us. Uh, so many people are, are looking for God, looking for God, when really the bottom line is God is. Uh, for the dawn of time, been revealing himself to us. And he does that through his word. Now, some folks might say, well, is the Bible reliable or so forth? And we're going to be going through a whole lot of other things in this to be able to to flush that out. And this is, this is important. Um, one of the sessions coming up here, which contract is valid? And there's so many things for us to take a look at. And so, Dennis, again, I want to thank you uh, for this. Uh, there's a call in here, and that call in is 951-573-2332. That's 951-573-2332. We really want to appreciate you coming in today and kind of listening to us and kind of going through all of this. This is really exciting. We've got a lot of things on the hook that we're going to be doing in the future. We want to thank you for listening. Call into that number and tell us what's on your mind. We want to give you a platform to talk. So until then, you take care. Keep looking up.